Amen. Morning, church. That was a good, good morning. Thank you. Man, I feel so, I feel better already standing up here. Um, man, what a great morning being together. It's so fun to, to just come together as a family of God and to lift Jesus above everything else. Isn't it just so helpful, you know? It's like, it's so simple and it's so helpful just to get him like back in his rightful place above everything else. I hope you're encouraged and refreshed. Uh, hey, I want to kind of piggyback off of Tyler talking about engaging the islands. Um, there's a, another opportunity this summer if, um, if two weeks in Southeast Asia maybe isn't uh, quite feasible for you and your family. My wife and I were actually leading a family zone mission impact trip to Indianapolis, Indiana, all right? So um, you guys probably know, some of y'all probably know we sent our first U.S. church plant out of College Station about two years ago. Uh, Andrew Zanaco and his wife, Heather, they led a team up there, and they have been going for it, and God's doing an amazing thing in their midst. So we're taking some families, but it's not just a family trip. So if for some reason you're a college student or you're a young adult and you can't make it to engage the islands, but you want to do something, we would love for you to jump in with us. We're just going to take a crew. It's going to be mostly families, but we want to just take a, a crew up there to encourage the church, and it's going to be a blast. It is a shorter trip. It's just one week. So um, you can check that out. Email me if you're interested. I'd love to talk to you about it. So, um, well, for, for those of you guys I don't know yet, my name's Chris. I am the family's pastor here at Antioch and uh, love, love this church family. I mean, love being a part of this church. My wife and I, we've been at Antioch for about six years. Uh, we've been leading family life group for about five years. Uh, I've been on staff for about two years and it has just transformed our life and our family and being a part of this tribe, being a part of this family, has um, enriched our lives, and there's nowhere else on the earth I'd rather be. There's nothing I'd rather be doing than right here, right now, in College Station, Te yes, College Station, Texas. Of all the places on God's green earth, I would pick this place right now. I can't say that I always felt that way, but it is a privilege to be a part of this family, and... Um, and I'm excited to continue us on this morning. We've been, uh, if you've been around the last few weeks, we've, we're in the middle of a series called Kingdom Culture. How many of you guys know that in Jesus, you have actually transferred your citizenship from whatever nation or you were born in, you actually transferred your citizen, citizenship to heaven. In Philippians 3.20, it says, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior. So you may have been born in the United States, you may have been born outside of the States, you've got your earthly citizenship, and we still honor that, and we still live as respectful, honoring members of our earthly society, but our citizenship is in heaven. There's a whole different set of values and norms and standards to our heavenly city, to our heavenly nation, and, and our job as followers of Jesus is actually to figure out how to get that heavenly value system onto the earth. Amen? Our citizenship is in heaven. How many of you guys want to see more of heaven on the earth? Like, just how about in your own life? Like, just more of heaven's value, like, in your day-to-day, -day, right? That's the privilege. That's Christianity. It's so simple. That is Christianity. It's how do we get heaven in our hearts, in, in our lives, and in, in the earth around us? And so... I was um, spending some time with the Lord yesterday and just kind of talking to God about the kingdom and, and trying to just get it deeper in me. And I felt like 
the Lord said, um, was just stirring my heart up in some things. I just kind of want to share you some thoughts that, that I uh, jotted down. I think the Lord was saying, and um, I don't know, it's just, it's cool stuff. So I, want, I just want to share it with you as we kind of dive back into this kingdom culture. Um, he said, my son, it is my delight to give you the kingdom as a gift. Every place where hearts are submitted to King Jesus becomes an entry point for the kingdom of heaven on the earth. It starts within you, for the kingdom within you will become the kingdom among you. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed. The good news, the gospel, is that Jesus brought heaven near. He brought heaven to earth. And then he paved the way for his redeemed children, that's you and me, to do the same thing, to bring heaven to earth. The gospel of the kingdom is the good news that the culture of heaven can be advanced anywhere on the earth where hearts are submitted to King Jesus. Amen. We are now all preparing the way for his return so that when he does return, the earth will not feel like such a foreign land to him as it did upon his advent. Are you seeing that? Jesus came into the earth as a man over 2,000 years ago. The earth didn't look much like heaven. I would submit to you that after 2,000 years of his kingdom advancing in the hearts of men through the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we're a little bit closer to the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Now, obviously, you can look around the world, and it's really easy to say, see where we're missing it, right? You can, you can watch the news all day long and get really depressed really fast, right? Or you can look amongst the church and you can look at the move of God happening all throughout the earth, happening here in our own city, and you can see, wow, actually the kingdom is advancing on the earth at a rate that it never has before. And the great privilege of us as his sons and daughters is that we are all ambassadors of heaven, representing the laws and customs of his kingdom in whatever foreign territory we may find ourselves in. Isn't that cool? You guys know that like when you go to the embassy in a foreign land, there's like United States embassy and all these foreign nations and that's like considered like United States soil. Like the laws of the United States and this little piece of land where the embassy is in the middle of, I don't know, uh, Saudi Arabia, Actually, the, the laws of the United States apply. And so that's, we're, we're like supposed to be these moving embassies, guys. Seriously. Like, we're supposed to be these moving embassies that everywhere we go, the laws of heaven actually apply. You know what I'm saying? We're ambassadors. We get to bring the kingdom culture everywhere we go with Jesus. Last week, Tyler talked about how a huge component of this is our community, the kingdom community that we're actually establishing together. And I just want to throw one verse up there from Ephesians 2, verse 22. It says here that in him, you also, it's actually a we also, we are being built together. Say that word with me, together. We are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So we kind of unpack, like, you can't be this lone ranger Christian and expect to see, like, a lot of the kingdom around you. Because the nature of the kingdom is that it actually dwells among the people of God as we dwell together as a community of God, okay? It takes all of us working together to see 
the household of God built up. Who dwells in a household? Family, right? And so as we build the household of God together and we dwell in it, our Father actually comes and He dwells in our midst. Guys, I just want to encourage you. We hear testimonies of people all the time that come and visit this church for the first time. They come in off the streets or somebody invited them and they walk in. They, whatever their background is, they come into this place and we hear it over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. Wow, I came into this church and I just encountered the presence of God. I encountered the Holy Spirit. It was like, wow, God is here. And it's not that there's something special about the walls of this building. It's that he's with us, like he's with his people. And as we lift up Jesus above every other name together, we become his dwelling place. People come in and out of this place and they meet God. Or they come in and out of your life group and they meet God. Or they come in and out of your family or your house where you live with your buddies and they meet God. Because God dwells among his people. But healthy kingdom community, healthy kingdom community is only possible with healthy kingdom individuality. You can write that down. Healthy kingdom community is only possible with healthy kingdom individuality. So we actually all need to personally know who he is, personally know who we are in order to function properly within his body, within the community. So if you've been around Antioch for any period of time, you've noticed we talk a lot about spending time with God or spending time with Jesus. It's other than life group, it's like the other broken record that's always going on, hey, go to life group and spend time with Jesus, you know? It's like, if you're tired of hearing that, well, I'm sorry, we're not going to be, we're not going to stop playing it, you know? Go to life group and spend time with Jesus, you know? And it's a core value for us because it was a core value for Jesus, you know? It's, it's really simple. And so we see in the life of Jesus, guys, it's amazing. Jesus walked around and he said, I just do what I see the Father doing and I just say what I hear the Father saying. And so his whole life actually flowed out of this communion with God. And as we look in the scriptures, we see it's so funny. The disciples would wake up in the morning and, they, and Jesus would be gone. You know, they'd be like, man, we lost Jesus again. Where'd he go? And it's because he had gotten up hours earlier than all the rest of them while it's still dark outside to go and get with the Father to withdraw to a place and pray and connect with God. And so it was from that communion with the Father that, that his whole life overflowed as he heard what God was saying and saw what God was doing. It's such a beautiful picture, and <clears throat> it's where our actually community life, our healthy community actually has to start in this place of healthy individuality, healthy individual pursuit of Jesus and in our time with him. Just the other morning, um, I was up early in the morning. My kind of normal routine is I try to beat my kids awake before, I try to get out of bed like an hour, hour and a half before they get awake. Because if they beat me to wake up time, I lose. I lose the day. It's not a good recipe. And so, you know, usually that's somewhere between 5.30 and 6. And I get out and I'm in my kitchen area spending time with God. And it's a pretty normal occurrence that my four-year-old, Caleb, he usually work, wakes up about 6.45, 7. 
he'll come out in the kitchen area and he'll kind of, you know, catch me or, you know, come upon me like spending time with God. It happens almost every day. So this morning I had music on. I was just kind of worshiping in my kitchen, just kind of walking back and forth. And he walked right out of his room and he didn't say a word, cute little four-year-old, just kind of sleepy eye, you know, walked over to me and, and I just like picked him up, like just in the middle, I'm just singing worship music. I just picked him up and I just held him and I just said, good morning, buddy. Man, I love you so much. You're such a blessing and a joy. And I just started speaking life over him, worship music playing, you know, I'm just speaking identity over him, you know, and he sings, he starts singing a couple of lyrics. And I'm just holding him. It was beautiful and it happens pretty often, but God spoke to me in that moment. I knew I was preaching this message today and he said, Chris, this, that's just like you. This is just like what I have for you, what I want your life to be like. Like you roll out of bed all like sleepy-eyed every morning, and I want you to just walk straight into my arms. I want you to walk straight into this place where the first part of your day, like you're in my arms and you're just listening to me. Speak, I love you. This is who you are. So powerful. I was like, thank you, God. That, that's where I want to start my day, is in the arms of the Father. And he actually calls me to start my day there. In Matthew 6, we're called to seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. First. The seek word is a journey word, you know? Seeking is like we're going on a journey. And we're all on different stages of this journey of knowing God, of spending time with God, we're all on different stages, but in an effort to kind of equip all of us, no matter where you might be, you may have been walking with Jesus for 50 years, and you could come preach this sermon right now. You may, this might be your first time in church today in a long time. You're like, I don't know what spending time with God. I don't know what that means. I don't even know if I believe in Jesus yet. But no matter where you're at, we're, in a few minutes, I'm actually going to, we're going to pull up some furniture, and I'm actually going to spend time with God for the, the last 15 minutes of my sermon this morning. I'm going to model it, and I'm going to invite you into it. Right. And we're going to just go into this thing together and hopefully just sort of demystify this time with Jesus, you know, like the heavens open or what. No, it's just, it's just going after God's heart. And so we're going we're gonna to get there in a minute. But before we do, I have to unpack a few promises of God in the Word that are that speak to this area of life, this area of, of time with him, okay? I'm going to let the Bible speak for itself because it, it's just good. It speaks better than we can. So here's a few of my personal favorites. So um, the goal of time with God is actually that we would start our day with our minds set on the things above. That's Colossians 1, sorry, Colossians 3, uh, verse 1. If you've been raised with Christ, seek th the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not the things that are on the earth. And so you might say, well, does this have to happen in the morning? I mean, I'm kind of not a morning person, you know. If you're like me, your mind is going to look for something pretty early in the day to, like, get set on, right? It's going to be work or school or your kids or whatever. And so I'm just saying, let's get ahead of that thing and like set my mind on things above. The goal is to start with my mindset on heavenly things because I'm a heavenly citizen, right? To start with my mind there and then, and then I walk out of my day from that place with my mind set on things above. So there's a few promises. If we will go after God, I, I, I challenge you, I encourage you to like cash in these promises. I'm about to give you five verses here pretty quickly. 
Cash them in with God this week, and I promise you'll see your personal pursuit of God, you will see it blow up if you'll just cash in the promises that he's already put on the table. Number one, James 4, 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And he will draw near to you. And he will. It is not like this, hey, maybe if he feels like hanging out with you today. You know? Maybe if he's got nothing better to do in the whole wide universe, he'll come sit with you. I've talked to so many people over the years that are like, man, I'm just really in this dry season right now. I'm like, well, have you spent any time with God lately? Oh, no, you know, it's been a busy week, you know, it's just kind of been a stress. Well, how about like in the last like, month? Have you spent time? No, you know, it's spring semester, there's a lot going on, you know, just don't have a whole lot of time, you know. And I'm like, you're not in a dry season, you're in a disobedient season. Just go spend time with God, okay? Because he said, guys, it is, is it not a promise? It's really simple. Like, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. And so, we'll move on. Number two, seek me. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 13. Seek me, and you will, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. So simple. Our problem is usually the whole heart thing, but I'll let that land as it needs, okay? But if you'll go after him with your whole heart, you will find him, I promise you. He promises you. He promises you. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Are you anxious, stressed out, overwhelmed, but not going to Jesus about it? Oh, it's so simple. The invitation's so clear. He's like, just come to me. I just... I can help you with your anxiety so fast if you'll just draw near. I got four kids. They're all little. It's loud. You know, life gets overwhelming. And my wife and I, we have learned slowly over the years. It used to take us like a couple weeks. We'd like be stressed out and stretched thin and be like, man, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just so discouraged. And uh, You know, we'd take us, a, you know, like a week or so. Be like, you probably just need to go spend time with God. And now it takes us like five minutes, and we'll look at each other, and one of us is feeling overwhelmed or anxious, and be like, you just need to go spend time with God. Like, yeah, you're right. Okay. And, do, and it's seriously, it's like it happens in our household regularly. But we're so quick to try to figure out our own solutions to like why we're feeling some way instead of just going to the one who can give us rest. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us then with confidence, write that in big uppercase letters, confidence, draw near. You're not just like timidly coming in. Well, Jesus, it's been a while since we've hung out. I'm not sure you're still like me, you know, are we cool? No, the blood of Jesus has kicked the door open for you to run in to the throne room of God and be with the Father. With confidence, you can run in. Your sin and shame should just be like the threshold where you're like, yeah, we need to deal with this. We need to get over this. It's, it's, it's real. If you're feeling like, man, there's some stuff I haven't talked to God about. There's some but Jesus has paid for it all. And so run through that thing and say, God, here I am. I know it's been a while. Come with confidence. And then lastly, Psalm 16, 11. This is my personal favorite. This is like a life verse for me, that in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Encountering God, the Father's love, in a powerful way, it's our portion. It becomes our fullness of joy. And when we experience him, it actually reminds us of, uh, reminds us of his worth. 
And it like bonds our heart to him in, in deeper ways, you know? Because we don't live in the glory zone, right? I mean, unless you're Jesus, you're probably not like living in the manifest presence of God 24 hours a day, right? And so there's like places along the journey where it's harder. But if you'll press in and you'll regularly find his full joy, in your, then it actually will help you get through those other little spots. You know what I'm saying? All right, so those are some promises. Isn't that good? It's the word of God. It's just like, come on. So practicals. So here's a few practicals, and then we're going to practice this here for the last few minutes. Does it have to be in the morning? Um, I'm going to not spend a lot of time on this, but the simple answer is that it was the morning for Jesus. It was the morning for Jesus. You can argue with God on that one if you want, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Jesus knew what he was doing to live a life of overflow, hearing what God was saying and doing. And so he got up early in the morning, and he went and got it. Okay? Um, so this actually makes your alarm clock, check this out. If, it's, if, if, if the Bible's saying that there's something powerful about the morning time, this actually makes your alarm clock the doorway to your destiny. Okay? So if the alarm clock is, if, if your alarm clock is the doorway to your destiny, who do you think invented the snooze button? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure the devil invented the snooze button, okay? <laughs> Seriously, God has called me to seek first, to seek first the kingdom of God, right? So do I really want to start my day with all of those promises and all that invitation? Do I really want to start my day with procrastination? I'm serious. Guys, this morning, I'm not kidding you, I looked at that snooze button. I'm, I was so tired. I, I, I looked at snooze button. I knew I was preaching this today, and I was like, no, no way. I can't. I can't do it. It's a struggle. But you know, I, I actually encourage you right now, if you want to, you can pull out your phone. You're allowed to. You can actually disable the snooze button on your alarm clock. I dare you to do it, okay? I dare you. Disable the snooze button. Go get your destiny, Okay. God didn't create that thing so you could procrastinate on seeking first. Come on. Praise God. Also, I actually sleep with my phone on airplane mode. I don't know kind of what your deal is, but I just leave my phone on airplane mode until I'm done spending time with God. Because the second great enemy of me connecting with God are the notifications that come through my phone. So just leave it on airplane mode, all right? And... Just getting through these last pieces here. Guys, we're all different. They're different personalities, and they connect with God in different ways. I am extreme extrovert, so I'm, like, dancing in my kitchen and, like, worshiping and moving around, and I got to, like, be on the move. My wife is extreme introvert. She's, like, sitting on the couch, headphones in, you know, just, like, come on, just journaling, you know. And she'll just sit there for, like, an hour, and she'll, you know, she'll just meet God, you know. That's totally cool. We're all different. We're all different. And there's different seasons of life also, right? There's different seasons. And so I've been walking with Jesus for about 16 years. The, the, we're going to go through some of the elements of spending time with God. It's worshiping God. It's prayer. It's spending time in the Word. It's listening for His voice. For the first five years of my walk with God, I, God, I was really heavy in the Word. I, thought I couldn't get enough of it. I was like re-pouring the foundation of my life. I needed the Word. The, la the second five years of my walk with God, I was really heavy in journaling. There was stuff in my heart that I was needed to walk through with God. And I, I would journal 
page after page and just talk to God and try to listen. The last five years, it's been a ton of worship and prayer. I might spend a whole hour of my time with God in the morning just worshiping and praying, you know, and not crack the word that day, you know. It's different in different seasons. And so there's freedom. There's no formula. It's just an invitation to know God. Lastly, put a little post-it note or a notepad next to you so that is all the random thoughts about what you need to do for the day as they pop in and try to steal you away. Just write them down and move on and keep worshiping. I put a little post-it note right next to my Bible every morning because I've got 150 things that start floating through my mind. Super helpful. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to practice this for the next few minutes. Y'all cool with that? So I'm not up here like doing drama, okay? I'm like up here to really seek God. And, um, and so if there's parts of this that feel like new or uncomfortable, then just work. We'll, we'll get through it. And it's going to be really powerful, I think, for all of us. So um, I think we have a couple guys that are going to help get some furniture. Would y'all just pray with me that God would use this time together, that he would use this time together to propel all of us into a new place of connecting with him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just invite you to come right now and use this time and space. We want to know you. I believe the deep desire of all of our hearts is actually to know you more. So would you, you've already invited us. You've already given us so many promises Would you just come and instruct our hearts and just show us how wide, how wide open the door is to know you and spend time with you? Lord, would you open the eyes of our hearts? Would you instruct us? Would we cash in these promises to chase after you? And would we never be the same because of this morning? In Jesus' name. Oh. Oh, man. Four kids. They woke me up like 15 times last night. I really want to snooze right now. But I'm pretty sure the devil invented the snooze button, so I'm not going to partner with him today. Here we go, Lord. Thank you, God. Jesus. So good. Oh, Lord. Get some coffee. Thank you, Lord. The devil did not invent coffee. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you. You invite me in to know you. Worship you, Lord. Throw on some worship music here. Thank you, God. Draw near to you this morning, Lord. Thank you that you've opened the way. Holy Lord. Jesus. In reverence we come in majesty and 
So in this moment now, as heaven's drawing me, Lord, fill us with your power. Let us see your glory. So I'm going to narrate a little along the way, but this is actually what I do in the morning. I put my Bible up on the bar in my kitchen because I have to stand up and move around. And so um, I will literally pace back and forth my kitchen and worship. God is an all-consuming fire. Thank you, Jesus. Our God is an all-consuming fire. Thank you, Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Come into his presence with singing. I enter your gates, Lord, with thanksgiving and praise. Lord, I come to you with thanks and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, you're so faithful. I praise you today, Lord, that you never change. I give you honor and glory for your goodness over my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for my family. Thank you for my amazing wife and kiddos and all your faithfulness over our lives. You're so worthy of my worship, Lord. I just start this day exalting your name. That's a bad place in my kitchen, I guess. Lord, you're so good, God. Lord, you're holy. There's no one like you, God. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, you are holy. Who is like you? There's no one like you. You are worthy. Yes, Lord, you're worthy of my praise. You're worthy of my heart today. You're worthy of my whole life, Jesus. You're so good to me. Thank you. You are worthy. God, who is like you? It's like you. There's no one like you. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Fill my life, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh, God is an all-consuming fire. Thank you, Lord. An all-consuming Jesus. Purify my heart today, God. Fill my life with the fire of heaven and purify me, God. Lord, burn up anything in me that you don't want around anymore, Lord. That's not pleasing to you, Fill me with your power and your energy, Lord, for this day. You're so good. You've given me everything I need for this day. Everything I need for life and godliness I have through your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, God. So good. Usually, pretty quickly into the first song or two, if there's something in my heart, that is holding me back from God, or if there's sin that I haven't dealt with or confessed, it's like pretty apparent pretty quickly. And again, just when the Lord highlights something in your heart that's being held back from Him or a sin, it's because He loves you and He wants you to come through that place and be refreshed in His presence and receive His grace. And so just the other morning, 
said, Lord, search me and know me. Is there anything in me, God? Is there anything in me, Lord, right now that I'm holding back from you? Is there anything in me that's grieved you, Lord? When you walk into the room, Jesus, I repent for not helping my best friend move out of his house yesterday. Darkness starts to tremble at the light you Pray, God, that you would forgive me. I can have all these excuses about how I was taking care of four kids all day long, Lord. But he lives on my street for crying out loud. God, I don't want selfishness to be in me in any way. Would you please forgive me and rid me from selfishness? I'm so sorry, God. I, I was so self-absorbed yesterday. My own agendas, my own things, God. And I just pray you forgive me and renew my spirit. Make me selfless like Jesus. Would you fill me to lay down my life, not to hold on to my life. Jesus. Thank you for your mercy, God. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. So usually, worship for a little while. This is going to be a sped up process because of time. But I'll, I might stay in this place of worship for 15 or 20 minutes. And, and, um, and, but usually, as I'm connecting with God, I will, I will go into time of just praying. And for me, worship and prayer kind of, kind of go hand in hand, you know. It's like if I sit down and try to pray through a prayer list, it's like nap time again, you know. And so, um, so I just pray, God, let your kingdom come. Lord, would you let your kingdom come and your will be done? Would it start in my life, Lord? Would you let your kingdom come in my family? Would you let your righteousness come in my family, in my marriage? Lord, I pray for my sons and my daughter. Would you give them a heart to know you? Would the Pletcher family just be consumed with the kingdom, the righteousness, peace, and joy of the heaven would fill our family? Lord, thank you, God. Let your kingdom come. Lord, I just pray for my marriage. I pray that in the midst of this busy season, you'd guard our hearts and you'd give us grace to continue to just serve each other and love each other and lay our lives down for each other. Thank you for my amazing wife. Would you refresh her with joy today? Would you refresh her? God, would she just wake up today and feel like the peace of God envelop her, Lord? And as she takes care of our four kids all day long, would you just be something powerful that you do in her heart today where she just dwells in heaven, Lord. Bless her. Bless her, God. Different days of the week, I'll pray for different things, and I don't have like a regimented prayer calendar, but usually Wednesday's my life group day, so start praying for my life group and just asking God to, to move in the families that are part of our life group. Say, Jesus, thank you so much. Just this past week, I was praying, and the Lord highlighted um, this family in my life group as I was praying and and so I just started praying God would you refresh them Lord would you minister to them would you restore their hearts and and as I prayed the Lord just started to bring a couple verses to my mind so um, the Lord brought the verse to my mind as, as a unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains alone and um so I just started praying for them and just encouraging. Their lives are, are like bearing so much fruit. And so I was praying for them, praying for them. And then I actually 
press pause on my worship playlist. Because I'm kind of an in-the-moment guy. It doesn't matter. And I, because I felt like the Lord had given me a couple verses, I actually voice memoed them just real quickly. 6.30 in the morning, they, they can get it when they turn their phone off airplane mode, right? Um, yeah. Hey, guys, I was just praying for you all this morning, and I really felt like the Lord highlighted this verse that your labor in him is not in vain. And uh, he sees the way you're pouring out your lives, and there's so much fruit that is coming from the way that you guys give your lives away for the kingdom. So I just want to pray that the Lord would refresh and encourage your family today. Jesus, would you fill them up to overflow and encourage them that they, you, they are seen by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Sand, worship music back on. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. Thank you. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. So we worship. We pray. We dive into the word of God. Usually I'll sit down at my kitchen table for this part. The Word of God is also a seasonal thing. It never changes, but the season that you're in might change. Amen. That's right. It's a good word right there. Man. So, you know, you might be in a season where you really just want to grow in the wisdom of God. And so, you know, there's 31 Proverbs for 31 days of the month. So you can, you know, spend a... Spend a day in Proverbs, a day of the month in Proverbs. You want to grow in the wisdom of God. There might be a time in your life. Come on. Time in your life where you're just like, man, I just want to grow in theology and understanding the the heart of of the New Testament theology of Jesus. And so you might go through the the, um, New Testament letters of Paul. Um, there might be a time where you're just like, man, I need to get the life of Jesus. So you're in the Gospels. And I want the history of the Bible. So you're reading through the Old Testament. or you're, I, I want to learn how to worship and pray like King David, the man after God's heart. So you're, you're going through the Psalms, you know? So it's seasonal, but God has, it's like a buffet line of so much in the Word. Um, I've, I've just been reading through Romans lately. So I'm going to read, kind of pick it up where I've been leaving off my time with God. This is Romans 5. We have the verses up here. So therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and I will actually read the Bible out loud to myself sometimes. If faith comes from hearing, it's helpful for me to hear, right? Just as sin came in the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. Sometimes you're in a passage of scripture that's a little wordy, you know, and you just keep plugging and asking God to show, show you what it means. 
The free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Thank you, God. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you. What I'm seeing in this passage is that death reigned from Adam to Moses. Death reigned. But Jesus came so that those who receive the abundance of grace, those who receive the free gift, would actually reign in life. So where death used to reign, now life reigns through Jesus. Thank you, God, for the free gift of righteousness. And, you know, maybe, maybe you're here today and, and you've never received the free gift of righteousness, this abundant grace, the free gift of God's righteousness. You, it's actually hard to spend time with God if you're not right with God. It's hard to spend time with God if, you don't, if you've never received his grace, if you've never received this free gift of righteousness and Lord, thank you that death doesn't have to reign over our lives, but because of Jesus and this gift of grace, that we can actually reign in life. And if there's anybody that's just here this morning, obviously I'm not sharing the gospel like when I'm spending time with God in the morning, but it's kind of what's going on now. If there's anyone here, if you're here and you've never received this free gift of righteousness, I believe there's an invitation to receive today, to step in, to say, God, thank you. Thank you. And you can actually pass from death to life. Death to life. So if that's you this morning, I just want to invite you to pray with me, Lord Jesus. I know that death has reigned over my life as, as I've been a slave to, to sin or, or various things that have held me from you. But today's the day, God. I'm going to take you up on this offer, this free gift, and receive the righteousness of Jesus. Where I had sin, I receive your gift. Thank you, Jesus. And today, I believe, is the day that I start reigning in life. Reigning in life because of your grace, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I usually will finish up my time, worship, prayer, um, time in the Word, and then I'll usually, if my kids haven't come out and the, day, the day's begun yet, I'll finish up my time just trying to listen to God. Um, Jesus said that the sheep hear His voice. And so if you belong to God, it's part of our journey in seeking Him to learn how to discern the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. It's not like I'm listening for the audible thundering of God, right? It's the still, small voice of His Holy Spirit. So I'll usually just ask God a few questions at the end of each morning. I'll say, God, what do you think of me? I felt like He just said that um, He thinks I'm doing an awesome job up here right now. So thank you, God. You're such a good father. You're such an encouraging father. Father, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? He says, beloved and redeemed. He speaks that over to me, over me regularly, that I'm his beloved, and he's redeemed me, set me free. I'll ask him, Lord, are there any promises that you want to remind me of today? He 
says he'll never leave me or forsake me. Guys, if I'm asking God questions and the first thing that comes in across my mind is the Bible, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll take that, you know? It's not this complex thing. It's just learning to cultivate a listening ear. Lord, is there anyone that you want me to encourage today? Yeah, I should probably encourage Daniel Locke today since it's his birthday. Is that man of God? D. Locke, Daniel, you are such a fit. I would text him or, or voice memo him this if the Lord brought something to my mind. I'd pray for him and then I'd voice memo it, but he's here, okay? Daniel's usually not in my quiet time, but <laughs> Daniel, you are such a faithful man of God. And literally, you say yes with joy to any assignment that anybody gives you because you're submitted, man. You're submitted to God, and so that puts your heart in submission to, to other people. And so because of that, you're actually free to serve with joy in any way you're asked to. And you're a man of God, and I'm so glad you're my friend. Happy birthday, Daniel. Band, you guys can go ahead and come on up, if you wouldn't mind standing with me as we close this morning. Let's just have a handful of, um, a handful of some prayer leaders come up. This will be a little bit of a shorter response time, but let's have our section leaders, a handful of life group leaders, maybe family life group leaders, just kind of, you know, a, a few folks up here. Um, so... <clears throat> I hope that was helpful. I know that was a, you know, condensed little 15-minute segment, but was that kind of a helpful glimpse into, like, you know, it's um, these elements. We, we, we worship God. We turn our hearts to Him. You know, we, we actually sing. I'm in my kitchen in the morning, and, you know, my whole family's still asleep. And so I'm not, like, belting it out in my kitchen, right, and trying to wake people up, but I am singing out loud because God says that I come into His presence with singing. And so I will sing out loud. I, I can't do the headphones thing because I can't hear myself sing then, you know? It's not like I just love my voice. It just helps me, right, to sing. And so, um, you know, praying, praying. I, we have a, a little prayer list we put together for the family zone, just things we're believing for. So I'll pray through that. And, and God says that the fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. And so there's, there can be so much power in this place every day. And guys, can you imagine? I want us to finish with Psalm 1, 1 through 3, this beautiful picture of the man or the woman firmly planted by streams of water. It says in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. I want, to, I want you to see three things of the planted man, the planted woman. He is fruitful. He is vibrant. He or she is vibrant. The leaf does not wither and prosperous. What would happen in your life if your roots went deeper today? Your roots went deeper this week, this month, this year. What if 2018, you got planted by that stream of water like never before? Your life becoming more fruitful, more vibrant, prosperous in everything that you do because you're just drawing from the river of God day after day. What would happen to our church collectively, our community, 
if we're all pursuing this healthy individuality, what would happen if every single person in this 1,200 member church went deeper in God personally, what would Sunday morning look like? Wow, wow. It's an invitation, it's so simple. He just says, come. He just says, come. So if you're wanting more in this area of your life, if you're wanting more, you're wanting God to just unlock a new season, we just wanna pray for you, it's really simple. The invitation is come. And we wanna pray that this would be the most vibrant season of you pursuing God, taking Him up on His promises than ever before. So let's sing together. This is encouraging. We're just gonna sing that it's all because of Jesus. We get to know Him and chase after Him. Thank you, God.